0: This evening, it's, it's a sort of series of reflections, really, on, on something that uh, takes place around the, the cross, the death of Jesus. Uh, and uh, I'm going to read from chapter 23 of Luke, and verses 26 to 49. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the, from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountain's fallenness and to the hill's coverers for if the people do these things when the tree is green what will happen when it's dry two other men both criminals were also led out with him to be executed when they came to the place called the skull they crucified him there along with the criminals one on the right the other on his left jesus said father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots the people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said he saved others, let him save himself if he 's god 's Messiah, the chosen one." The soldiers also came up and mocked him. they offered him wine vinegar, and said, "If you are the king of the Jews, save yourselves." Therefore, there was a written uh, a written notice above him which read, "This is the King of the Jews." One of the criminals who hung there Hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, I tell you, truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. When all the people had gathered to witness the sights, uh, this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the woman who'd followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Thank you for the faithfulness of, of Luke, who drew up this account to help us, to let us know what happened. And thank you that it records horrifically but honestly what happened. I pray from that event, it would strike home again for us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. There was one uh, phrase in there particularly that uh, I wanted to focus on this evening. Is a series of thoughts, really. Um, it's there's another verse, short verse. I'll just read to you from Psalm 31, verse five. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. And we heard Jesus. Use those words, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit as he breathed his last. I I was um, listening to a radio program, it's now on my reading list, of um, a book that sounds really kind of interesting. And it's called The Remarkable Life of the Skin. Uh, It kind of appeals to my... um, kind of scientific kind of background. And uh, it was kind of really interesting uh, kind of insights and um, kind of about the skin, about the function of that organ, about what it does, and how important the sense of touch and what the the skin does and is. I'm sure you don't need me to tell you on a hot, sunny day how awkward it gets when it gets burnt uh, and sunburned. And one of the things they said is is that the... um, Touch, the skin, is one of the the, the most powerful senses. I guess they all, they're all powerful in many ways, but but it's the first sense that, that many uh, many of us have. Um, obviously, when a baby's born, they uh, they kind of kind of open their eyes, but I'm told they're not really that seeing. Um, tell me if I'm wrong you can kind of they hear things but but one of the things that is really clear is that is babies being held babies kind of being touched they talk about baby massage and actually there's something really really very therapeutic about touch it also talked about some unpleasant experiments that were done uh, in the Nazi regime of of taking twin baby twins and one was put in a room and food was passed to it uh, and there was no touch alive allowed and that twin died that there's something really profound about the sense of touch. As such, one of the the ways that we do that is the hand. Look at it, if you'd like. (laughs) It's your hand. It's unique, not only the fingerprint, but the hand prints. It's flexible. It generally is strong. It's dexterous. It's articulate. It's expressive. We do so much... With the hand, don't we? From threatening gestures. I'm not going to do a rude gesture to you, but you know what I might be referring to. To welcoming gestures, to blessing. The hand speaks of so much, it's expressive. See two people walking down the street holding hands? What does it say? They've either got cold hands or they're in love. Uh, Some children were asked, um, why do lovers often hold hands? And uh, Dave 8, age 8, said they want to make sure their rings don't fall off because they paid good money for them. (laughs) Or John, age 9, they're just practicing for when they might have to walk down the aisle someday and do the holy matrimony thing. Jesus on the cross, profoundly, Father... Into your hands I commit my spirit. We heard from Psalm 31, verse 5 Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. Jesus takes that quote, but slightly changes it. Did you hear the difference? The psalmist said, Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. Uh, a wonderful and profound and accurate statement. But Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That Lord becomes Father. That as Jesus dies, harrowingly having just saved and spoken uh, words of redemption to the criminal, today you'll be within me in paradise, his final expression. Father, one of trust. As we gather at this meal, we express something most profound. As Jesus gave thanks, he looked up to heaven. Father, I give thanks. That we're called through Jesus not only to look on, but to be caught up into the wonder of the intimacy with the Father. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. The invitation of Jesus into the childhood, the adoptive sonship for men and women to know him as father. We see in Jesus, uh, and as he uh, celebrated the last supper and looked forward, we, we recognize the resonances as he, with his hands, broke bread and gave thanks. And with his hands passed the cup. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is my body broken. This is my blood shed. We're still expressing and reminding ourselves, Lord, into your hands we commit ourselves afresh. Father. Intimacy. Hands speak of power. I think there's something in the intimate trust of Jesus also recognizing into God's hands, the Father's hands. The something of the expression of the trust of his power. We've, we've, uh, remember we've been through uh, Isaiah. How can we forget that all our long, long years? But Isaiah 48, verse 13. My own hand laid the foundations of the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I summon them, they all stand up together. Psalm 19, uh, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Psalm 119, verse 73, I'm sure you've memorized this one, Uh, but it says, your hands made me, informed me, give me understanding to learn your commands. There's something in, in this meal, there's something in those last words of Jesus, not only that speak of intimacy, Father, but speak of trusting in his saving power, his mighty power. Graham Kendrick so wonderfully sums it up in that amazing song, uh, From Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe. But the little line that always strikes me, beautiful, poetic encapsulation, hands that flung stars into space, to cruel nails surrendered. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. As I intimated earlier, there's something about hands that also express love. Expressed in touch. Of reaching out the hand. Jesus himself, Matthew 8. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cured of leprosy. Again, in the same chapter, verse 15. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. That's... Peter's mother-in-law. Matthew 9, while he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her. She will live. Matthew 14, 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, you of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? Peter called out of the boat, walking on water. Something about Into your hands I commit my spirit about the love of God. The love of God. There's something about the hand, about the presence of God. Way back in in the... In the story of Jesus' birth, Luke chapter 1, verse 66, everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. That even as Jesus dies, the very presence of God, as we're told in um, John's gospel, this is the most glorious revelation. God with us, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. There's something about salvation. There's something about the power of rescue. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. John 10, 28 and 29. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. As Jesus breathes his last into your hands, I commit my spirit. I remember, and you've probably seen recently, when small children are learning to cross the road, there's nothing like the vice-like grip of mum's hand. Have you seen that? I I was... uh, being with my friends' kids and they're kind of toddling around, and you take hold of their hand, your hand, and their tiny, their tiny little one in your hand, and you grab hold of them, and you, you know, when you're crossing, properly on the crossroad, you know, on those proper crossings, not like rushing across, jaywalking as they call it in some parts of the world. But there's there's something about it. even if they stumble, you hold tight, you do not let go. If that's how our parents. Hold us, how much more of the Father who says nothing will snatch them from my hand. There's something about the hand that speaks of authority. Have you ever been on the wrong side of the law? I never have. (laughs) Actually, I have been stopped by a policeman. But they are quite good with their hands. They can stop the traffic on a motorway, on a country lane, just stop. If they kind of call you, we tend to to come if they beckon. There's something very much about the authority of God. In Jesus saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, there's something wonderful about trusting in the authority of God of submission to the Father. In Matthew twenty six sixty four. the yes it is as you say, Jesus replied, but I say to all of you, in the future you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. There's power in the hands of God, the authority of God. Which brings us back to the crucifixion. As Jesus' nail pierced hands, blood and sinew and bone, hands that healed, hands that loved, hands that welcomed, hands that worked miracles, yielded to wood and nail. awful, and awestruck. J.I. Packer writes this when considering the cross and the crucified one. What matters is not that I know God, but the fact that he knows me. I am graven on the palm of his hands. I'm never out of his mind. All my knowledge of him depends on his sustained initiative in knowing me. I know him because he first knew me and continues to know me. He knows me as a friend, one who loves me, and there is no moment when his eye is off me or his attention distracted from me, and no moment, therefore, when his care falters. The hands on the cross speak of pain. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. We don't know if those words were breathed out quietly in agony. We don't know if they were shouted out. But they speak of his final words as he is crucified and dies in pain and separation, darkness. A professor once described a Christian's response to pain this way. We once rescued a wren from the claws of our cat, though its wings was broken and the frightened bird struggled to escape my loving hands. He went on to contrast this with his daughter's recent trip to the doctor. She'd got a sore throat, strep throat, which meant uh, some treatment. Frightened, she cried, no daddy, no daddy, no daddy. But all the while, she gripped me tightly. Pain ought to make us more like the sick child than a hurt bird. We hang on even more tightly. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And as we come to the table, one last reminder. That speaks of pain, of agony, of association of one of us, but also blessing. In Acts eleven twenty one, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. In Revelation 1.17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, "Do not be afraid." I am the first and the last. Let's pray.